So just before we dive into the episode, I wanted to invite my two daughters, Ella and Juliana, on to the show for a minute to talk about their experiences at Beavery. Now, as you can kind of guess from the name, Beavery is like a mini jamboree. It's targeted for the Beaver Scouts. So this is the uh, kids aged five, six, and seven in the Scouts Canada program. And this was the first time that we've attempted, uh, at least in the Northern Lights Council, which is um, the Scouts Canada Council that covers central Alberta, the Edmonton region, and some of the surrounding cities and towns. This is the first time we've attempted to do an overnight beavery, and not just a single night. No, um, kids were invited to show up on Friday evening and then stay over till Sunday morning, or Saturday morning. Uh, Saturday was, of course, the main day for all the events. And then they were also then invited to stay over Saturday night to Sunday morning for a scout's own and then sort of a wrap-up activity. Now, we didn't stay for Sunday. We had some other stuff that uh, was going on that day, but we did stay for Saturday. And the girls had, well, I thought they had a pretty good time. I think they think that too. But you know what? Let's ask them. So what'd you girls think of Beavery? Well... First of all, we built a great beaver dam. It With was so great. grass, uh, sticks, and that's about it. You could actually crawl in it, too. It was pretty cool. But we had to move some sticks and put some more out. But I did like the beach and building the dam. That was pretty fun. We, we also played in water. Our canoe tipped over, and we had a big water war. Water fight was whole. I also yeah. did some fishing, but you know what? I kept getting splashed and I forgot to get my bathing suit. Whoops! And I love So, what we're going to talk about to you now is that we are going to do something very special, but let our dad explain what we're going to do. Well, actually, I had one more question first, because this was also your girl's first real experience with camping, camping overnight in a tent away from home, away from your beds. So how was that? Really fun. We were a little nervous, but we found it was quite nice. And I, and I got to now, have a s'more. So let's, ha- let's talk to, let our dad talk to you about... The obstacle courses we've been through on Saturday. Balance beam. Yeah, well, okay, the rope course was kind of, well, A, we did the rope course backwards, didn't we? But um, you girls handled it both pretty well. I mean, the first few challenges were all right. Um, I think the hardest one that you guys struggled with was those hanging platforms. Uh, You know, the ones that were just like little squares or rectangles hanging from ropes. Yeah, that was pretty hard, but we managed to get through very nicely. Yep. I really love the hang gliding. That was pretty fun. Back to you, Dad. to another episode of Scouting Stuff You Should Know, and we're a little bit late with this one. Um, it's been <laughs> it's been kind of a crazy little ride, actually, 
trying to get an episode recorded over the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, a whole lot of stuff was going on, isn't it? <laughs> yes, definitely. It's just been crazy. You've got two of us today. You've got, of course, myself, Scouter Ken, and calling in from the other side of the country... Yeah, it's Scouter Colin from PEI. There you go. We were actually supposed to record, what, was it last Sunday? I think it was last Sunday. And then that completely fell through. And then we were going to try and record at a couple of different times during the week, but it's just like this week had it in for me. Every time I made any kind of plan about anything, it just fell through. Something came up that superseded it, and it just I could not make it work. Well, the other option was for us to like do a ridiculously late in the evening podcast. True. Um, which really wouldn't have worked well for either of us. No. <laughs> Especially because you were getting on a plane at the time, as I recall. Yeah, the next day was a uh, was a plane trip for me to to PEI, where, which is where I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Which is why it sounds like you're talking to us over your phone because hey, look at that, you are. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The magic so, of technology. Definitely. Um, and I'm trying to think. Was it last weekend that was? Yeah, yeah. It was last weekend too. That I mean, what really inhibited me from being able to do a recording was just the fact that it was beavery so we were actually uh right yeah we were out at scouts canada's camp woods which is located on sylvan lake uh near red deer alberta it's a very very lovely camp not quite a full-on high adventure camp but you know certainly it's got the rope courses and the obstacle courses and uh, a lot of the waterfront activities and it's just, I mean, it's a beautiful camp. It was. And it was a great weekend. The Actually, it was very, very sunny and hot for the Saturday that we were there. But it got quite cool in the evenings. So, um, you know, still had the kids in zero-rated um, sleeping bags or cooler. Like, I think, actually, my kids were out in, like, minus four-rated sleeping bags. I mean, obviously, you don't need the winter camping gear. But still, it got pretty cool. Uh, and then pretty quickly at night. So, but, uh, they had a blast. We had 13 beavers come out and a number of parents and quite a number of leaders too. So everybody had a great time. We were, some of the parents were in trailers, but my encouragement to the beavers, to the youth at least was, you know what? I want you to spend at least one night in a tent. And I think almost all of them did actually. So well, it's good to try it out and have that experience, right? Especially if the weather is reasonable, because, you know, that'll keep keep them coming back to trying camping, right? You don't want their first experience to be uh, largely negative. Well, there's that. But then, you know what, actually, too, I just... Uh, so, of course, we've got Canadian Path uh, doing its full rollout this year, right? And I actually just learned that under Canadian... So, for Beaver Scouts, there's kind of an equivalent of the uh, Chief Scouts Award, right? It's called the Northern Lights Award. And basically, the uh, the thing with the Northern Lights Award is um, it's the requirements for it are basically you need to complete. So a lot of the they, they've really reorganized a lot of how they do advancement. And this will be an interesting one to talk about when we do the advancement episode, uh, hopefully in a couple of episodes from now. But 
what they've done is they've sort of they've created these categories called the outdoor adventure skills, and they each go from level one to ten, if I'm not mistaken, or level one to eight. I think one to ten though. Um, and to get your Northern Lights award as a Beaver Scout, you need to get five units. So if somehow you're able to get to level five in a single outdoor adventure skill, that counts. Or get like five level ones in five different skills. There's there's different options there. But the point is you need five, five levels. And then you need to complete uh, some community service hours. And it's not a particularly big requirement for beavers. I think it's like five hours. And then you need to complete the project. And this was actually something that I... I'm really glad to see because when the Northern Lights Award kind of first appeared, I'm just like, well, how can I introduce that to my beavers? And I put together the idea of, well, you know what, just do me a year-end project because that was a good stepping stone, I thought, to uh, having the whitetails do a little something that uh, that they got a reward for. They got their, in this case, their magic light, their, their silver tail. But it was kind of like a step into, you know, badge earning, which they're going to be doing a lot more of in Cubs. So it's really great that, you know, there is actually officially a Northern Lights Award project. But anyways, long digression, all of which is to say one of the projects, one of the acceptable projects for a Beaver Scout is two nights in a tent unaccompanied by a parent. Not that the parent can't be like elsewhere at the campsite. But yeah. the beaver has yeah. to be soloing it in the tent or can only be in the tent with other beavers. Oh, okay. So, um, you know, like, I mean, when I was at Beavery, we were there Friday night and Saturday. Um, uh-huh. I was just in the tent with my two girls. So for them to get the Northern Lights Award, I would have had to have been like in the next tent over. But, uh, mm-hmm. and they would have had to have done a second night. We couldn't actually stay, uh, Saturday to Sunday. We had other stuff going on, but yeah, that is apparently, and I was talking about this with my wife and she's just like, you do realize that our kids are not doing that. And I'm just, you know, but, it, and I mean, I kind of get where she's coming from, mm-hmm. but at the same time, that is evidently the level of, um, skill and comfort that Scouts Canada hopes beaver scouts will have by the end of the program that's quite a high bar to set and it's a good bar to set i mean i don't mind challenging the youth definitely but anyways there you go yeah no that sounds like a a neat way of doing it and it certainly would gear them up for cubs where they will be soloing it in a tent you know so yes definitely um Actually, I have to go through and see if any of like my blue tails did both nights, because if they did, then I can just mark that off. Mm-hmm. So anyways, didn't really want to talk about that so much. Um, the next couple of topics that we had outlined were to talk about advancement, um, which again, we're kind of touching on here. And the other one was summer programming, which I know our group has never... Um, done formally outside of camps, but it's definitely something that, um, I know I hear a lot of talk about from the, uh, Boy Scouts of America podcasts that I listen to. Um, and it's a, it's getting talked about a fair bit too in the Canadian path materials. Um, you know, what are you doing for summer? Extending your program and, and that kind of thing. Exactly. And I mean, I get that. 
I get that, um, you know, as especially like when May and June come around, like there's other things going on, obviously. I mean, I pushed my beaver program into mid-May and I certainly had a few beavers that didn't make it to many or any of the meetings in May because, you know, they had things like soccer or softball. Yeah. And well, that is, that is one of the major challenges I would think is the, uh, is the other options that, uh, that you've got, you've got, uh, soccer or any sporting activity outside of that. Right. So, so I think when it comes to forming a summer program, at least for our group, it's probably not going to be something that we could do every week. Or if it was something that we would do every week, we'd need to do it like in conjunction with another group. And it would have to be a little bit more informal. So come when you can. Um, but, you know, we're not expecting you to be there every week. And I, I kind of think that might actually be true of a lot of groups. Because when you think about the demographic of the, the children, right, the age range of the, the youth, um, there is a whole bunch of uh, options out there for the summer months and to collectively have uh, uh, like all of our, yeah, like you were saying, all of our group in one place at one time would be very challenging given everybody's schedule. So it might be worthwhile to, you know, open it up to a, a, a larger, a larger uh, area. Yeah, have, I think so. Have main program run the, over the summer months as opposed to you know running uh running individual programs yeah um like i mean i'm trying to actually partner us up with the 26th because a couple of our rovers are beaver leaders with the 26th and they're sort of putting together their june july and august programming still um i really have to actually check in with them again uh kind of fell out of touch just in the rush up to beavery and then the chaos of this last week so I mean, obviously, the biggest part of summer programming, or at least not necessarily the biggest part, that's maybe the wrong word to use. The summer is definitely when you can get, you know, the showstopper events, the camps, right? Um, you know, the the big ticket stuff, whether it's um, your jamboree type events or beaveries in the case of the small youth, or, you know, just your group puts together um, its own camps, right? Because, I mean, like as not, summer is definitely one of the best times to to get out and just go camping in the backcountry somewhere. Uh, I mean, certainly Impiza is, uh, you know, to name one of the high adventure camps, Impiza certainly at its best in the middle of summer. Um, for sure, for sure. And actually, uh, I know that Impiza in particular offers a lot of programs over the summer months. Yes. Um, but um, in, in most of that case, I think it's geared towards the older scouts. It is. And as, as opposed to like your younger sections. Yeah. And two, I mean, that gets into the other issue is that, you know, as cool as Mpiza is, it's kind of a hike to get there. It's a good six-hour drive from here. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily feasible for everybody to actually get there. Well, I, th- I think the way they, they structure that that camp or, or those events are like week-long or two-week-long stints 
where it's kind of, for lack of a better word, it's like summer camp, right? You, you go and you spend um, a large portion of time there and then you come home, uh, opposed to like having a regular meeting time once a week and that, and that kind of thing. Right. But, you know, I, I guess sort of my addendum to that is that um, it's not necessarily, I mean, you'd hope that everyone could get out for the camps or, you know, the high adventure programs, but that's not necessarily practical for everybody. And so you do still need to have some options for the people who um, are, for lack of a better word, stuck at home, right? You know, you need to still have some local level programming um, right. okay, that's keeping the scouting flame alive over the summer months. Um, which, you know, doesn't necessarily involve driving for several hours. Um, and, uh, I know that what we were trying to arrange with the 26th, for example, was just, um, weekly ish sessions at Horlack Park. So, you know, get the kids outside, um, and just, you know, doing different activities, even if it's something simple like playing a wide game. Um, it's still, you know, a chance to get together with your buddies from scouting and do something. I'd actually really like to take the opportunity to uh, spend some time working on uh, campfire skits and songs with with oh, the yeah. scouts. Yeah. yeah, that would be a good one. Yep. Um, and I mean, for your cub level stuff, like as not, like for cubs and scout level stuff, you can still do a lot locally. I mean, especially mm. when you get into cubs and scouts, the opportunities to take on service projects um, over the summer increase a fair bit. Oh, yeah. um, you know, there, there's always uh, community leagues or groups looking for people to yeah. just help out with whatever they're doing, right? Yeah. And, and like I was just mentioning, there's there's like bike trips or like if you were going to do a day trip, you, you know, at least in our, in, in Edmonton, right, you have that, that river valley that you can, you know, do a lot of those outdoor skills and, and partake in that quite a bit. Yep. Or even, yeah, and I mean, that's true in a lot of places too, right? Like there's just lots of, there's usually in most places, there's lots of neat little things to explore locally. I mean, I could make an entire afternoon out of, you know, um, meeting a bunch of scouts at, say, White Mud Ravine and just trying to find what's left of Keeler Road in the forest nearby. Um, <laughs> you know, there, there's a good four or six hours of activity right there. And it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, free and easy and all you got to do is just drive and park so that's right um fundraisers you know not that this is necessarily as much of a concern for our group but uh you know for scout groups that are a little uh a little more uh in need of you know sort of more continual injections of funding it's usually not hard to find like a hardware store or a Walmart or somewhere. I don't know. Well, I don't know about Walmart, but certainly like the hardware stores, a lot of the sporting goods stores too are really good about this. Um, you know, if you want to do a barbecue, um, yeah. or other fundraising activities, these are options as well. Uh, during the summer months, you know, no one's going to have to be out shivering in the cold. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I think. I think the key point, though, is just, you know, finding those little local adventures. <coughs> Scouting really is, or should be, as much about the outdoors as possible. And most places have a lot of neat stuff that 
not everybody necessarily knows about or has taken the time to explore. You know, and I'll use that Keeler Road example, right? Like this was a road in Edmonton that was closed as a result of a civic referendum, oh gosh, almost 20 years ago? Maybe not yeah. quite that long. I was going to say close, maybe 15 years. Yeah, maybe only 15. But anyways, um, and I mean, the very top of Keeler Road, you're not allowed to go to because it's kind of unstable. Part of it's eroded into the bank. But the lower part of the road, which is starting to be reclaimed by the forest, is still really neat if you can actually find it. You know, you got to kind of hike into the woods a little bit. Um, but then all of a sudden, you know, you'll just be hiking and then all of a sudden it just kind of, the path goes away and all of a sudden you're standing on old asphalt with a lot of weeds and stuff coming through, but it's just like, whoa, hey, there's this abandoned road here. Um, it's kind of a neat thing to actually stumble across and find. And I mean, I know about Keeler Road because that was my dad's commute to work, right? Like that's how he used to get up to the University of Alberta area. Um, so when Keeler Road was closed, like that directly impacted his commute. It actually is what made him start taking the bus to, uh, to campus as opposed to driving. So like I know the stories about Keeler Road and I know what it was and roughly where it was because I grew up in that era. Kids who are half my age or younger, like, I mean, that they have no idea, no idea at all. And so, like, that's a neat thing. Like, like as not, um, stuff like that, you know, where it's just like, hey, there was obviously something here. And then it was just abandoned. Like, those are to the point where, you know, you can still be safe in exploring them. Those are really, really cool to look because there's this whole added air of mystery about them. It's the same thing as like, you know, um, out near Fort Saskatchewan, there's the bridge across the North Saskatchewan river. And if you look just, I guess, just to the West ish of it, there's a completely different set of bridge pylons there, but there's no bridge across them. Right. So my kids are fascinated by this. Every time we go across, you know, they're just like, why are there bridge posts, but no bridge could probably hold their interest for hours. So, well, and it helps, it also makes their imagination run a little bit, you know, what's the story behind it and you know, what, what, what could have possibly happened, what actually did happen. Yeah. Well, yeah. I always kind of liken it to Tolkien actually, you know, because I mean, if you think about the stories like the Hobbit or like Lord of the Rings, one of the very common set pieces that Tolkien uses to great, great effect is, you know, the stuff like Weathertop, the old abandoned fortress, or stuff like Moria, you know, this once great fortress beneath the mountain that has now been overrun and abandoned by all civilized things, right? The, these, these callouts and allusions to things that were there before in some past time, um, which now have fallen to ruin and they're captivating. They are. So it's really neat when you can find, I mean, obviously you're not going to, you know, find, <laughs> hopefully you're not going to find, you know, the, um, the depopulated lair of a Balrog anywhere near where you live, but it is still cool to find stuff that, you know, was a big thing 20 years ago 
that's since then kind of fallen by the wayside and been forgotten about. It's neat to find those again and remember them. So, um, local exploration, just, you know, exploring all the little local mysteries, again, to the limits of what's safe for the kids. So, that said, um, don't underestimate the utility of camping as well. I know we're trying to put together two more for the beavers. Um, I know our cubs have a lot going on. I know our scouts have a lot going on. Um, well, and it's not even that you have to go far for a camping trip. No, really, no. In, in the grand scheme of it, you know, it's not like you have to, you, you can't, you can't, uh, you, you know, you don't have to travel six, seven hours to go camping. You can travel 30 minutes or, you know, in the case of Edmonton, right, there's camping right in the river valley. You just have to book the sites. So, I mean, it's not even like you have to leave the city to go camping. Well, yeah, exactly. The, uh, I was just about to say, like, there are municipal campgrounds, um, you know, or, you know, if you do want to hit the road, like, there's provincial campgrounds, or, I guess, I don't know. State parks. State parks would be, I guess, the equivalent on the U.S. side of the border, yeah. Um, I mean, it's fun, definitely, to just march off into the backcountry and pitch a tent somewhere. There's a time and a place for that, but there's also a time and a place for, like, car camping where you just roll in and everything comes out of your car and that's you know because really i think the point um is that and and this was what really was always the draw of scouting for me and i think why it formed such lasting bonds um between a lot of us that stayed in the program for ever um was just that whole shared experience of adventure you know, you're not, you're right. You know, I mean, it's great when you can get out into the middle of nowhere and just spend a, a weekend together, but it's just as awesome to, you know, um, yeah, just drive in somewhere, pitch a bunch of tents, uh, between a couple of sites and just enjoy that because at the end of the day, it's about the shared experience, you know, with your brothers and I guess now in the case of my daughter's sisters in scouting, um, that whole experience of experience things, experiencing things together is really what strengthens and cements connections between people. Um, it's what gives you the stories when you get older. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, our, our, uh, our famous uh, discussion about uh, uh, camp cuisine. I mean, there are there are stories that go along with each of those dishes that um, would get mentioned in that episode. Oh uh, yes, you know there's there there are stories that go along with that, and the only reason why there are stories is because there were people there to have that experience and, and uh, you know create that that <laughs> that story. That cakes and bicycles and the legend of huevos and pancake balls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <My favorite. laughs> yeah there is that that's what the summer program can can give to your to to your group is um is those stories and if you just shut it down at the end of you know end of april beginning of may you know what are you 
what are you missing out on by not having those, you know, those three, um, four months in between. Definitely. Oh, goodness. We're going to have to revisit this. We're going to have to revisit this next week, but I don't want to eat up all your data plan. So, (laughs) um, was there anything else that I wanted to just quickly touch on? Well, actually, no, not this time. That's, uh, different. So I think we'll keep it, uh, we'll run her a little short this, uh, this week just based on the fact that I, I am using data. (laughs) Yep. Well, and you know what? We've laid the foundation for two more episodes, right? Because, I mean, we talked a little bit about event, a little bit about, I'm getting tongue-tied, advancement at the start. And I would like to revisit that again because, um, you know, that's something that definitely comes up. Uh, and especially now with how the Canadian PATH program yeah. has restructured yeah, that's, things. We're, that's totally different than the way you and I went through advancement or... or had that experience yeah Mm -hmm. but i think it also brings us a little bit more in line with how bsa does it uh and again i mean i know this mostly through just hearing how they do it with podcasts but it sounds like in bsa that you know um advancement is really something that's you know it's on the radar year round and it's also very much driven at the pace of the youth and uh, i think canadian path really tries to capture both of those aspects a lot more. So, yeah. Um, so I definitely want to revisit that, talk about that. Um, yeah, and then once I've got a little bit more of a summer program put together, um, I definitely want to revisit that topic as well. So, as always, um, and you know what, actually, especially with regard to summer programming, would really like to hear your ideas. Uh, shoot us a note, scoutingstuffpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at SSYSK podcast. And we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash scoutingstuffpodcast. And of course, please do leave us a review on uh, iTunes. And I guess I should probably get us on Stitcher or uh, a couple of those other services at some point here in the near future. But anyways, yeah, would definitely like to hear your thoughts on summer programming because you know what? It's a new thing for my group. Definitely want to explore it some more, um, but would appreciate some ideas. All right. Well, thank you again for listening. And until next time, be prepared. <laughs>